Welcome back to the Food Trainers Podcast. So today's topic is something that we've covered a little bit in other episodes, but we wanted to give it a little bit more airtime. So we're going to discuss the three most important uh, tests to get in your blood work and what these numbers mean. And I'm here once again with Kayleen, who runs our shop, um, and she's in her 20s, a youngin. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. So I had recently gotten some of these tests done. I went to this more modern place in the city called Forward Health, where they took a lot of the numbers right there, which was awesome. Um, So I've definitely become more conscious of these types of tests as I'm getting older. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shush. (laughs) But what was interesting is the more in-depth ones, like some of these you're going to mention today, we would have to go out from that doctor's office and get them done separately, which can sometimes be more money. Right. Even so I didn't at, get all of them. Even at this more modern place. Yeah. That, that was surprising when like you went. Like vitamin D, they didn't test there, but it was an option to go out and get it somewhere mm-hmm. else. And the thing is, is that it is, we think of, you know, vitamin D is important because you only really deposit bone until your 30s. So mm, <laughs> see, I'm getting older. <laughs> but again, I think that there's like the tendency with, you know, when you're younger to maybe ignore some mm-hmm. of these things, but like, some of these tests we're going to discuss have implications for fertility or mm-hmm. miscarriage or building bones or things that are definitely um, that that definitely apply to you um, and your age bracket. And I just have to put it out there for twenty somethings when you were when I was just thinking about the most important test. It's not one of my top three, but I think that STD testing <laughs> um, is important in your twenties. Um, getting a, a baseline cholesterol test, breast self exams can't leave those out. Mm-hmm. But I think just because you're in your twenties, listening, definitely don't blow off this mm-hmm. advice. And I think like just as a lot of people are tracking their steps and like their hours of sleep and becoming more savvy with those things, I think that these are numbers that like that you want to know. In terms of how often you should get blood work, you want to get blood work at least once a year. I have a handful of clients who are, um, you know, sort of needle phobic. Mm -hmm. And I always have to say, okay, come on, it's time. So if you're in that category, uh, you you still want to, you know, head to the doctor. The reason you want these these things to be tested on your blood work is you want to catch things before they become Mm -hmm. a problem. And in the traditional medical model, it's sort of like, wait until like, you know, something, you know, the house is already on fire, Mm -hmm. throw a medication at you and that's that's the end of it. The other thing that you've probably heard me say a hundred times, and I might say it a hundred more times, is that there's a difference between normal versus optimal. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between, and I always use this as an example, a vitamin D level that won't necessarily give you rickets, um, which nobody gets, um, versus where you want to be for the sake of your immunity and where you want to be for the sake of your appetite and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And, and you're gonna you're seeing that paradigm shift a little bit. Even I was looking at research before this podcast. There was a study that showed it was actually ten years ago even that showed that miscarriage rate doubled at what was considered, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, a normal TSH or thyroid stimulating level. So depending on what your goals are or family Mm -hmm. history, um, normal is not necessarily okay. Um, You want to get a copy of your lab work when Mm -hmm. your doctor, um, when when you have blood taken. I know a lot of clients can now access that electronically. Oh yeah, people have apps now. That's Forward Health had an app. You could go see everything. So I sit in a session with someone and I'm like, well, what was the vitamin D level? Mm -hmm. And they're like, hang on. Um, and compare your results. That's the other thing is that you're comparing you to you. So if something changes from year to year, mm-hmm. definitely ask questions. I think that if you are requesting certain tests that we're going to talk about that your doctor doesn't traditional, traditionally do, 
or they're resistant to you know, some of your questions, <laughs> might be time for you know, to say doctor. bye-bye. Um, functional, do- functional medicine doctors, mm-hmm. naturopaths are going to be much more often. And, and the ones we're discussing are not unusual, but even these I sometimes don't see on, yeah. on somebody. Somebody will get their CBC, which is you know sort of your basic workup, that kind of thing. And we love doctors. We work with a lot of doctors. But I think that what we what I hear all the time when I ask people about their blood work is my doctor told me everything was okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, let's look. And then it turns out like everything <laughs> is not, not okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are starting to realize that too, that what you said, optimal is like a higher number than right. just okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the hope is that the numbers change, but again, mm-hmm. the numbers are like population-based and the numbers are really, it's just the model is based at, you know, like, do you have diabetes or not? Mm-hmm. Um, or the Ricketts thing. Like, yeah, exactly. No one's getting that anymore, no. but that's the level. <laughs> no, but you do. I mean, people, we see it and we'll talk about, um, we're going to talk about vitamin D, but you know, I see numbers on people's blood work of people walking around. They might say like, oh yeah, my energy is not great, but I'm like, how are you functioning? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So the first test we want to talk about is, you know, sort of <laughs> vitamin D. Oftentimes on your blood work, you'll see 25 hydroxy vitamin D. That's the blood test. Traditionally, we thought about D in terms of your bones and needing D to absorb that calcium. Um, but D is really like, you know, completely multi-purpose. In fact, what's going on with your D will affect some of the other tests that we're talking about. D is important for your immunity. So this time of year, you know, coronavirus, just oh saying, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and also in terms D affects your um, cancer risk and having mm-hmm. optimal D can decrease your cancer risk. D plays a, a role in insulin. So when we start to talk about blood sugar and et cetera, your, your D and that being off can then throw off other things. Just talking about the normal ranges, because that's that's what's used um, in a lot of these studies, more than 50% of women. That works, okay. yes. <laughs> And a little less than half of all men have low vitamin D and 60% of kids. Oh my God. So yeah, it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't want to say force, but give my kids vitamin mm-hmm. D and a probiotic <laughs> every day. What I find when you look at the optimal ranges is that you know, you almost don't have to look because very few people, unless they're already um, supplementing mm-hmm. a good amount, um, are are where they want to be. Uh, the recommended daily allowance for D will not get your D up. So we actually, we created our double D supplement <laughs> um, just because we were seeing people um, with Ds that were kind of worrisome mm-hmm. um, who were taking, again, the 600, 800 we had been taking, we had suggested 1,000, 2,000 for a long time and went up to 5,000. Uh, you do learn in, you know, sort of nutrition school that D is a vitamin that you could store and you don't want to get toxic with D. I've never seen, I've been sitting, not in this same chair, but I've been sitting in this <laughs> office for almost 18 years and I've never seen vitamin D toxicity. Mm-hmm. So I think we can ignore that a little bit. D, vitamin D testing is not always covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your doctor said, well, it's not covered, but it's not an expensive test. So again, if your budget allows, it is something that's worth pursuing. So yeah, sometimes it's in your it's in your routine workup depending mm-hmm. on your physician and sometimes it's not. So we consider optimal vitamin D, you know, I would say anywhere from 70 to 100 actually. Um, and D below 30, uh, which is, kind of close on some tests to being normal, um, 40 in some labs is normal, you're actually already going to have your cognition impaired. 
Um, so a little bit a little bit higher is better. Low vitamin D has sexual implications. It has issues in terms of maintaining muscle mass. Um, D affects your gut health. And you need enough vitamin D to convert your thyroid hormone from the inactive form to the active mm-hmm. form. So you could see how D could then affect your thyroid yeah. too. So um, really, again, it's one of those things. The reason why we did it first is I kind of feel like if you're going to look at one number, mm-hmm. look at that. And also, even if you haven't been tested yet, um, just take your vitamin D supplement. Again, um, you need to take vitamin D with with fat to be absorbed. So with food in the morning, it's definitely worthwhile and you really need it unless you're in a warm climate mm-hmm. outside all the time all without sunscreen. Do you sunscreen. see <laughs> clients like with the numbers like 70 to 100? I, it, depending on the, I mean, we see some of our current clients. Um, you like know, they've got the numbers up? Yeah, it's individual. Um, and there's actually a gene involved how you assimilate D. Mm-hmm. So some people need like triple what other people need. You know, doctors sometimes when it's really low will give like a mega dose, like 50,000 mm-hmm. IUs to get it to get it up. But it's not easy to get your D optimal yeah. for most people. Good question. So vitamin D, we've, we've preached enough. The second test is something called A1C. If you have anybody in the family who is a diabetic, you've probably heard of, of A1C, which is also known as hemoglobin A1C. When I was in grad school, you really thought of A1C as a test for diabetics. Mm -hmm. It was really just a measure of how well diabetics were controlling their blood sugar. So what this A1C test does, which I love, which I almost kind of wish that like more more tests work this way, is it measures your blood sugar over a three-month period. Mm -hmm. As glucose or blood sugar enters, as glucose enters your bloodstream, (laughs) it binds with hemoglobin. um, And that when the sugar combines with the hemoglobin, it's called glycation. So that's that's where the name of the test comes from. Your A1C though, beyond just thinking of blood sugar or diabetes has implications for cancer and brain health. Um, And I don't, Kayleen and I were just discussing this. Like, I don't think most people realize the effect that sugar and blood sugar have on on your Mm -hmm. brain. So having an elevated A1C increases your risk of memory loss, more prevalent even for women than for men, dementia, Alzheimer's. And what was really interesting, again, when we talk about this normal versus optimal, I was, this first kind of came on my radar. I heard Dr. Perlmutter who wrote Brain Brain. He has a new book, I think called Brainwash um, that I haven't read yet. But he had a graphic um, talking about brain shrinkage, which just sounds horrifying. It does, yeah. <laughs> um, and he showed that like what was at what was considered a normal A1C level already was resulting in brain, brain shrinking. Mm. So the, the numbers are different for people who are, are diabetics versus not. For example, what he had said, I think it was like 5.7, which is considered normal mm-hmm. was already resulting in your brain shrinking. Oh, you want to get that number as close to five. Mm-hmm. So lower is better within reason, um, if not a little bit lower, if you can. Again, much more difficult slash impossible for somebody who's a diabetic to do that. Their numbers tend to run higher. A1C, the A1C lab test also has implications for people with PCOS um, because PCOS um a part of PCOS is that your insulin doesn't mm-hmm. work as well. So it's a number that we use um, for those clients as well. In terms of what can drop your A1C, if you get it tested and want it a little lower or don't want your brain to shrink, magnesium supplementation is important. 
cinnamon. Uh, we love, but I think we're out of our Ceylon cinnamon, yeah. <laughs> um, which comes in a really pretty package. It's actually delicious. Exercise. A1C and blood sugar is a place where um, intermittent fasting can make a difference for us mm-hmm. at least having 12 hours from your last bite at night to your first or 12 mm-hmm. hour fasting period. Um, so that that's, you know, sort of explains that blood test. It it really gives us a lot of information for a lot of different disease slash health states. That's um, interesting, yeah. Um, and I don't think necessarily a, a lot of people um, know that. So first we have our vitamin D level tested, your A1C, also known as your hemoglobin A1C level. Uh, the third is um, TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. But really you want like a complete thyroid mm-hmm. panel. Um, TSH is sometimes used as like, the warning sign that's something that, again, thyroid TSH stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. And the higher it is, sort of the, the harder your thyroid is working and a sign that it, that it could mm-hmm. be off. Um, but you can definitely have a normal TSH and still have your thyroid working subpar. Um, signs of hypothyroidism or, or your thyroid not working well enough. Um, hair loss uh, or hair loss or just brittle hair weight gain, um, sensitivity to cold, lack of sex drive. Even this is a weird one, but it's like a telltale sign. Sometimes like the outer, like half of your eyebrows being very sparse. Mm-hmm. Kayleen's not looking at my eyebrows. That <laughs> was, well, because it runs in my family and all my mom's sisters do have very like short eyebrows. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, not you though. <laughs> not me, no. <laughs> Um, but it's also an, it's a good point that um, you know something can run in your family mm-hmm. and that you don't necess- you're not necessarily automatically going to have it. Um, though I do have to say the eyebrows are specific, but like you can have like a lack of sex drive and like issues with your hair and gain weight for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these symptoms, even you know thyroid and perimenopausal symptoms overlap a lot. Yeah. So that's what I mentioned. I've been tested before because I have like some symptoms and the scared. tests come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous. I want to know. Uh, I'm the type of person who's like, oh, something's definitely wrong right. with if these numbers. If, if it, I could have it, I, you know, and then it's they definitely come back there. And fine. <laughs> um, no, and it's totally true, um, but worth testing. Mm-hmm. And, the, and thyroid often goes off after you've had a baby mm. and it often rectifies. So oh, I okay. think that it's not something to be alarmed about. But again... Um, newer guidelines are saying that you want to have your TSH to be uh, less than three, mm-hmm. um, but it's really not necessarily ideal. Even lower, um, sort of in the two point five range, um, I would say you know from 0.5 to two point five is is probably a little bit better. However, um, a full thyroid panel, which most doctors don't automatically mm-hmm. run, is going to include TSH, something called free T four free T3, let me remember everything, reverse T3, and then your thyroid antibodies. So a lot of the time it's going to take a functional medicine doctor. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, sort of thyroid issues being missed to really snuff Mm -hmm. out, you know, sort of the the issue. Um, But something you want to, with far-reaching implications, again, for your energy, for your, you know, sort of sex life, for your um, risk of miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of important reasons why you don't want your thyroid issues to go unchecked. If you suspect an issue, um, or if like even like Kayleen, thyroid issues run in your family, Brazil nuts. Uh, <laughs> I'm 
can't, can't, can't be an episode without me. Yeah. They're really the highest, one of the highest food sources of selenium. A few Brazil nuts a day, you know, can really, again, not necessarily if there's a major mm-hmm. issue, there are times, of course, that we need medication, but I use it a lot with like new moms or even if we see somebody's blood work a little bit off. Um, seaweed is an excellent source of iodine. So you can roll sandwiches in like big nori, sheets of nori. Oh yeah, those or, are good. Or just like the, the seaweed snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, try to get an organic brand if you do those. And there's a great, you know, I'm not a thyroid expert, but there is, I love um, Isabella Wenz's work. Do you know her? Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, what? She's like a thyroid expert yeah. and author. She's known as the thyroid pharmacist. <laughs> um, so she has an interesting backstory too. So So check her out. We didn't cover, you know, today gene testing or urine tests. There's a lot of, you know, cool stuff in terms of... We both did gene testing, the 23andMe. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And again, like some of it is, you know, your genes are only tell you part of the story. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, genes combined with what you're getting in your blood work or sort of what your body's doing now is a really good, um, really interesting information. And there's a lot of emerging ways of home doing home tests. Mm-hmm. Easier oftentimes if you can, your doctor can do everything at once because what you'll find with like the tests, depending on you know which state you live in, is that you'll do one test for vitamin D and another test mm-hmm. for your A1C, and it can get you know sort <laughs> That's of too much for me. <laughs> yeah, even more, even more expensive. Um, so I think if you've had blood work recently, get a copy of your numbers. If you are going to the doctor and are kind of curious what's happening in your body, ask your doctor about these three mm-hmm. tests, vitamin D, A1C, a complete thyroid panel. There are, so, there are so many other tests that we can get into. You know, you want to know what's happening with your blood lipids or cholesterol and mercury and things mm-hmm. of that nature, but this would definitely be our top three and just three to kind of know a little bit more about than we find most people do. So now we have our Q&8. This, what do we have? Yes, this one comes from Erica from Instagram. And she asked, how much should we believe food sensitivity tests? Mm. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, so Erica, I have, I have many clients who come in with having had food sensitivity tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come in with these big lists of food they should avoid. And I, for some reason, I feel as if people really do stick to them like glue, you know? So for years and years, they're, you know, saying, you know, I can't have parsley. And mm-hmm. I'll say, have you tried experimenting yeah. or adding parsley or um, garlic back into your diet? And so I don't know if I would, I would kind of believe food sensitivity tests sort of like a horoscope. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like maybe there's some use, useful tidbits that you feel like, oh yeah, I've never felt good when I eat this, um, this food. Um, but I wouldn't give them as much credence as, as blood work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're sort of like a little bit of a map and you have to um, then use your own judgment with them. Um, and there's just, there's flaws to all testing. I mean, even we were, Kayleen was mentioning 23andMe, um, a rabbit hole if you <laughs> go down that um, route. But it said, you know, I'm, I was highly likely to dislike cilantro, which is absolutely Not false. The <laughs> but then it said like, I'm like, very likely to be a sound sleeper, you know, mm-hmm. and I sleep like a corpse. So <laughs> it's, you know, I think again, a, a lot of the technology isn't isn't um, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even blood work, don't let that alarm you. Uh, my mom, this story, I use this example with clients. So um, my mom's, you know, pretty health conscious, uh, you know, cooks and is active and all of those things. And she called me 
completely concerned about a year ago that like her kidney numbers didn't look good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and wh- why could that be? And she, you know, she never had kidney issues before. And um, so I said, like, you know, do me a favor, like just for, you know, a few weeks, like hydrate. She's terrible mm-hmm. drinking water. Just drink like, you know, six glasses of water a day and get it retested. So sure enough, she got it retested. And she's like, you know, that water thing. <laughs> Magical. <laughs> it's, really, it's really amazing. So sometimes the fix isn't so complicated yeah. and you don't want to take, you know, sort of um, any any blood work that you do once too seriously. Try to be um, fasted, particularly for if you're concerned about cholesterol mm-hmm. or those blood, lip, blood lipids, including um, triglycerides, 10 to 12 hours before the blood test, really having nothing except water. Your vitamins mm-hmm. are okay, actually, to take. So I think, you know, I think that's it. I think it's a good question because even with the tests we bring up, you know, you don't want to panic based on any one result. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things are fixable. Mm, thanks for the question, Erica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess you put your, these questions out on your Instagram stories a lot, right? Yeah. I think, again, it's just a good way to get like, I think we had like, you know, 50 questions yeah. to choose from. Um, hopefully we answered some of the other questions. I think um, so, along yeah. the way too. For some people, they will go and review our podcast and mm-hmm. they also put questions in there. So we oh, take a look true. at we those. Should, we, should, well, we should go maybe yeah. look, look again. <laughs> But it really, you know, it means your feedback means a lot to us. We heard, you know, we're hearing this week, like, I love the lunch episode. Even I was out with friends last night. I'm like, you love the episode? Did you review us? <laughs> Did you subscribe? <laughs> um, so, and let us know, because I know even some of our clients were like, how do you, how do you review? Mm-hmm. How do you, so we, we can explain that to you. Um, but we really do appreciate it and um, keep the questions coming. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess that's it then. I think so. Have a good week. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy your week and go tell your doctors what blood tests you want. Yeah. I think again, you sort of, you know, you don't have to defer to your doctor for everything. Mm -hmm. You can certainly request some of these tests. And I think whether you're, you know, 25 or 85, be proactive, Mm -hmm. um, know what the issues are that, um, you know, are facing you. And I think take care. Sounds good. 